Hello and welcome to the Falcon, a footy podcast. The number one footy show that definitely doesn't take state government money to redo its facilities. Ah. <laughs> that was good. Good one. <laughs> I'm your host, Clarky, and with me, as always, I've got Jesse. Hola. And I've got Chris. Hello. That was a, that was a fantastic intro. That was good. You mixed it up there. That's and cool. it, was a, it was a very relevant and hot uh, button topic. Is justified dig. Dates the episode as well. That's what we want. <laughs> so, Fuck them pies. When this one comes out in three months, people will know. Gentlemen, we are continuing on our journey through the AFL teams, talking to supporters, talking to people. Last week, we talked Giants with Alex. And this week, it's time to talk about the Hawthorne Hawks. Now, unfortunately, I don't know how you guys feel about the yellow and brown, but I definitely I, I have some not so great memories of Hawthorne. In fact, the first football game I ever went to was a Melbourne Hawthorne game and we lost and I was with the Hawthorne supporter and it's been all downhill since that. <laughs> so we've brought in two wonderful guests this week. Two brothers. Two brothers. They love football and we've got Hayden. That's me. And Emerson, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Now, I'm, I'm tempted to jump straight in, but I do I do know particularly now we have a group chat. Movies are often discussed there. So yes. I wanted to break the ice a little bit and see if you guys just wanted to talk about maybe the most recent movie that you've watched. I know I recently watched Saltburn. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good one to talk about. Although, you know, without going into spoilers and stuff like that. Yeah, heck of a movie. Mm. I was really pleasantly surprised and disturbed. <laughs> yes, uh, very disturbing. Um, some, like, very, I guess there's a lot of shock value in some of the scenes there. Um, I would say more common. <laughs> quite a bit more, quite a bit more. <laughs> I am yet to watch it. Well, Griff, strap yourself <laughs> in, okay? Put out a tarp, because it's messy. But what have you guys been watching? What's what's hit your feeds recently? Uh, I'm, I'm going on a bit of a... Like, because um, the Oscar noms are coming up soon, so I'm I'm trying to like hit off all the the, the big Oscar nom likely films of the year. Um, and what I saw recently was um, Anatomy of a Fall. Um, very good film. Okay. Um, really good acting, particularly the the, the child actor in it is, is is damn good. So highly recommend that one. Talk, talking about child actors, I just recently watched um, uh, the Babadook. Mm. Yes. Um, I'm sort of going through a bit of like a uh, like a horror phase at the moment and um that's probably the favorite probably one of my favorite i've seen in a long time now are you a notoriously brave boy or <laughs> is this because uh, i okay, look, i i'm gonna speak personally yes. my experience with horror is that i would much rather read it yeah than watch it the, i don't know i find um i look i don't like the the silly uh jump scare stuff uh, that's why I liked uh, Babadook so much. I don't think it was as jumpy scary. It was it was horrifying the whole time, but it didn't bloody kill you with the with the jumps. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just it just stimulates me. I love it. I love did it. Did you? If you're going through a bit of a horror phase at the moment, did yeah. you happen to watch Talk to Me at all? I have not, but I know about it, and it's uh, it's on the it's on the list. Yeah, yeah. Give it a watch. Australian movie. Yeah. Um, yes. 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 Not. Overly scary, but yeah, very good. I really enjoyed it. It it looked scary from the trailer, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 very interested in that one as well. Australia makes good horror, really good. Horror. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. they come out really yeah. gritty. The Australian horrors. Mm. I just think they're okay. 
but you know you know what else i'm i'm uh i'm rolling at the moment i'm strangely into like uh like reality um survival shows on netflix oh, i love reality survival shows. so i just watched alone and now i just um, i'm nearly finished with outlast but i'm like just horrified at like uh how some of the people have acted on this show <laughs> it is just beneath them well it's it, it, does anyone has anyone watched it does anyone know about it no i think i started watching alone but i didn't end up finishing it i only got a couple of episodes in and then kind of just got distracted Alone, slow, but kind of cool. Just like watching people make cabins and like you know suffer in the in the snow. But um, Outlast is something else. It's a weird one. So look, since we're still talking about horror movies and things that scare us, <laughs> I think it's time <laughs> to move on to, to the most pivotal question. There. I think the three the three of us hosts of the Falcon can ask. Why do you guys go for Hawthorne? Hayden, do you want to do you want to go first? I mean, it's 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 pretty much the the, the most simple answer. It's because our dad goes for Hawthorne, and he right. dragged us along to to games. And I'll be honest, for for many years, uh, I didn't really care for the sport, um, particularly when we were playing out in Glen Waverley. And uh, this might age me a bit, but when we were were playing out there, they had a, had a black and white screen to watch the match on. Um, so yeah, I was not into that particularly. Hayden, I know how old you are. That just seemed like the facilities were bad. Yeah, well, yeah, the facilities were notably bad there, which is you know why we did leave eventually. I think that was the right call. I I can't remember the black and white screen. Oh, I can't remember that. See it into my memory banks. Yeah, um, but, yeah. There was yeah, there was a turning point though, um, and it was the two thousand and one prelim. And Jesse, you might remember yep. this because it was against yes, it was against Essendon. And. <laughs> I think it's just because of how much we were robbed in that match because we were yes. robbed yes. by the, the umpires, robbed by bad bounces, by post hits. Yeah. Oh, bad bounce! Oh yeah, everything. Everything <laughs> was against us in that match. Everything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that—that's that injustice. Like it just—it it, it compelled me. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I, I just felt myself, you know, really going for the Hawks, and that's that's what started at the love affair. I'm, I'm uh, just going to throw something out there really quickly, though. Yes. Uh, when talking about Hawks, injustice probably isn't a word for it. No, that's that's hilarious. I'm I'm, I'm pretty much exactly the same. Uh, it's purely because of dad. Um, but I think we could easily be labelled extreme bandwagon jumpers, um, <laughs> and I'm I'm okay with it. Um, dad wasn't originally a Hawks fan. Uh, his his mum uh, went for Carlton and he actually played for the Glenorchy Magpies. So I think he had a soft spot for the Pies or Blues. But it wasn't until he started like uh, rubbing shoulders with, with our Dipper and our <laughs> Dermy um, that we started going to Hawks games. It also was very easy that it was in the 80s when they were um, uh, dominating. Mm. Uh, so Well, yeah. we didn't do the bandwagon job. I guess he did and then we just inherited he it. He did. He did. Like we were yeah. there during the the rebuild years. That's like that's how we sort of started getting into them. Second generation it. bandwagoners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Born yeah. on the bandwagon, die on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. That's what I yeah. say. Eighty percent of the guests we've had on go for their team because their their dads have gone. Mm. That. Well, that's a beautiful thing. I know, Em, you agree with me on this. Like, I'm a pretty liberal parent. Like, if if my children decide to be, you know, whatever political party, or if they decide to take up religion or not, like that's up to them. But they yeah. are going for the Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, no, I think we all do it. 
we all do it. I've I like have a, like a, a list of questions that I always um, uh, like reel off on them. Like, okay, so which team do we go for? Hawks. Which NFL team do we go for? 49ers and, <laughs> and so forth. <laughs> so was there ever a point where either of you considered leaving the safety of the bandwagon? Oh, never. No, we were, we were, we were Hawks and I, I, I would just, we were, we were always Hawks. And like Hayden said, I was not really into footy um, through like my, my tweens and teens. Um, I was heavily into the NBA in the nineties cause that whole thing blew up. Um, and yeah, it was really NBA and then wrestling for me, but, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was around like the two, like 2000 when, um, and it was that match. Um, cause we hadn't been to a game in ages mm. and we finally, like dad would constantly update us on like who we drafted, who, what was going on. And we'd always just be like, yep, yep. Okay, cool, cool. But we finally went to a match at the G again and, I think we both just fell in love with just how awesome being at the G. It's a, and, it's a magical place. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then that, yeah, just like it was like watching a show and like it was just a, a, a kind of like a teaser ending. We didn't mm. get what we wanted. And, and, but then it was fun. It was so fun. It was like so lucky for us. Like when we had our um, most, well, for me, my most fanatic time being a fan literally just coincided with when we had our second dynasty mm. um, well it was before that i mean we, like i said we, we were we were there during the rebuild and yeah, i mean yeah. we obviously got very lucky um i can't remember which draft it was but the franklin roughhead lewis draft like that. oh that was so you know, we got so many stars so uh, in the one draft and it was just great to follow their entire career and, and see them turn into the amazing players they turned into yeah yeah, that was because it's fun when your team is low. It's fun. Yeah, you got no pressure. The road back, and so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Jesse would agree. With that. <laughs> Just, I don't know, guys. My God, <laughs> listen to yourselves. It's so fun being in the low point because then you get the success. Yeah, it's, 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 it's supporters this is like, of listen. team with multiple. <laughs> Premierships within the same decade. Hey, look. Guys, why do people not like the Hawks? Yeah. Hey. This is like listening to two rich kids just talk talk about their trust fund accounts and how oh it's actually fun to work in a work in retail. It's, it's quite it's so quite once once every now and then. Yeah. Now, like I I own that smugness and I'm happy to, to be looked upon as a cunt. Um, because it's it's been fun being a hawk supporter. Mm-hmm. Yes, usually we go and stay at the highest. This time we went and stayed at Eureka Tower. It's a little bit lower than we usually expect, but oh goodness, big saltburn vibes mm. happening. Yeah, oh, goodness, so yeah. we've heard about the black and white screens of Glen Waverley, but what are some of your earliest memories of the Hawks? Um, well, Platin, yeah. Platin and Dunstall. Yeah, good call. Platten and Dunstall. The they were my hair. two faves. Yeah, they were my two faves. Platten and yeah, and Dunstall. I, I Dunstall was my actual favourite when I was a kid. Um, like now, I don't know why I didn't go for Derm. Like being the 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 one with all the swagger. But um, at the time, <laughs> I, it was Dunstall. Um, and I do remember going back to the uh, the like the like the locker rooms, the change rooms. Um, but it's all kind of like mixed into one. But I remember that a lot, going back there and, and seeing Derm and Dunstall. Thought we were about to have another Tom story for a second. <laughs> what, what, what did Tom say? 
Thomas saw a lot of dick yeah. <laughs> in the Essendon change rooms. Yeah. No, no, we we saw we we saw no dick, but um, but <laughs> he saw salmon, salmon. And... <laughs> yeah, he's never been the same. Dip, though. <laughs> do, you, do you you guys know that like it's because it's really because of Dipper that we're Hawks fans because Dipper did he played a truck driver on Flying Doctors. <laughs> did, did, did you guys know this? No. I did not know okay. that. Yeah, th- this is the reason. <laughs> this is going to be very, this, this very confusing for Clarky and for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Dipper is the reason we are Hawks fans, really. Because, yeah, Dipper was cast as a abusive truck driver on The Flying Doctors. And Dr. Jeffrey Standish stood up to him and, 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 uh, and knocked him out. You, you might need to explain <laughs> who Jeffrey Standish is as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Like I'm sure I'm following. That's I was, I was, I was, sense. I was hoping that maybe you guys would work it out. But when my dad played Doctor Jeffrey Standish on the Flying Doctors, um, that's how he. That's that's how the Hawks connection started because Dipper was on the show. So wait, when your dad was in the show, yep, he went for Hawks at the time. No, I don't think so. No, no, he, he oh. was he was he was too busy with his career. And it wasn't until I think Dipper and and like, hey Grubby, how are you, mate? Come down to Hawks, mate. Come down, you know. And, and it was all that's how it started. I just imagine that your your dad was like, I stood up to that man. I'm going to follow your football <laughs> club. Like, just this moment where he's like, yeah, this is it. I'm a da- Hawthorne dad, supporter. Dad has a lot of great Hawthorne uh, history, and yeah, one of them being that yeah, he can say that in character he knocked Dipper in character <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm learning a lot from this. Most importantly, <laughs> about a show called The Flying Doctors. Yeah. <laughs> your parents will know about it. So, let's talk some yep. of your favourite memories. Well, of I mean, which I'm sure you have none. Yeah. By the where do you start? Yes. I mean, I do you reckon the 2008 where, where do, where do you start, Hayden? Where do you start, Hayden? 13, 14, 15. I mean, this sucks, guys. Okay, I'll, gi- I'll, Clark, give- Clark, you I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a specific favourite me- uh, memory. Um, we were playing against Adelaide, and Campbell. We were losing. Campbell Brown uh, ran in to make a stop. I think he dislocated his shoulder in the process, but that um, that play fired us all up, and we ended up uh, winning the game. And it was just exciting. I, I think we were still kind of shit then, and that was another kind of like turnaround moment. Um, I'll always remember that that moment. Um, oh, I Mark! Should, Will- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The 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 emergence of uh, Willow, mm. Mark Williams, um, the sharpshooter, just like kicking eight constantly. Um, they were some like early fun memories for me before like the real fun started. I've I've thought of a couple as well. Thanks for giving me the time there to, to sort of cast my mind back. Yeah. Um, the the Ben Dixon goal against the Siren. Against Carlton was it was a damn good one. I think that was the first, you know, goal uh, after the siren win that I I'd, I'd witnessed. So that was really yeah. exciting. I, I I don't think I I must have not been at the game. I can't remember that one. That was that was sort of around that two thousand one time as well. Like just around the time I think I was starting to get into them. And then also, yeah. funnily enough, also against Carlton, the um the Buddy Franklin hundred goals match. And I enjoy. I I just got to go interrupt ahead, you here. Go ahead. More than Buddy kicking the hundred, I enjoyed <laughs> us stopping Fev from kicking a hundred more. I was going to say the exact that, same thing. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucked. We'll be talking about it a little bit more later. 
I, I told you. That's one of the you. cruelest things I've ever seen done on a football field. Yeah, I know. It was hilarious. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know if anyone else has this. You know how kind of growing up you... You think of teams, and for some reason, a really random player is the player that you think of with that team. It's not like one of the mm. iconic legend mm. players. For some reason, when I think of Hawthorne, the player that pops into my head is Lance Pachoni. Wow. Yeah, I think Fair it's, enough. yeah, random. I think it's because there was a game where he got absolutely yes. fucking shit mixed and was yeah. bleeding all over the place. And he was blonde haired and his hair was red. Mm. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason that has stuck out in my mind. And for now, whenever I think of Hawthorne, I think of Lance Pachoni. Yeah. He got smashed I, against North. I can't remember the, the player, yeah. but then yeah. he went, ended up, I think he ended up playing for North afterwards. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He ended up going to North. Yeah. Um, I, I love that era yeah. with, when Pachoni was playing, that was like the the early two thousands, mm. and like yeah, just remembering all like the just like the mid players yep. in our team. Very but mid. It was fun. They remind me of the um, like startup league for Pro Evo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. I've, I've got and it's no, it's not harsh. I've got so much love for each of each of them. As a, I mean, as in like a a deep reference that you know only a few people will probably get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you like mid players, I got some great news about twenty twenty four. We'll get into it now that Chris has named his obscure obscure player. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your favorite players. Past, present. We've heard Dip. We've heard <clears throat> Dermy. Who else is in there when you guys think Hawthorne? You go first, Hayden. Uh, and there's so many obvious ones. I'll just get them out yeah. of the way. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. the Hodges. I mean, what a legend. So H- Hodges, my Hodges, my favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, great leader. That's pretty fair as well. Um, yeah. That's earned. You know, Burgoyne, one of the most clutch players I've ever seen. Oh, Berg. You know, Sam Mitchell, oh. Cyril Rioli. Um, I- I'm going to maybe talk about a, people, a couple of people that are slightly underrated outside of Hawks yeah, fandom. Let's, let's, let's not do the obvious no. ones. No. Um, I reckon Josh Gibson, like during that era, yeah, but may have, yeah. may have been one of our most important players. Like no, he, he had that sort of Sicily role, you know, the the loose backman and I love intercepting Kibbo. everything. And just I one of those Kibbo. players, when, whenever the ball was in his hands, you just breathed a sigh of release. You, you just yeah. knew, oh, he's going to use it well. Yeah. Um, and I think similarly in the back line, like when, when Brian Lake came in, absolutely sort of changed our back line and was like well, he, absolutely the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it was. He came in, we won three. Hmm. Um, I I also loved uh, John O'Hay when mm. um, he was in our team. I yeah, I don't know. I've got a I've got a fond. I'm just fond of the defenders. I, yeah, I, I respect I respect defense. Even you, Sam Frost, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to a degree, to a degree, to a, to a degree, to a, you know yeah. who's a, you know who's a player that I I find is always kind of the forgotten man because he was behind that midfield of Hodge Mitchell Lewis. Is Brad Sewell. Uh, yeah. 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 Good workman. Very good hey, player and a very underrated player. Yeah. Dad was a big fan of Sully yeah, as well. Sully. Um yeah. Uh, I actually um uh sang at Sully's wedding out of Jackalop. That? Yeah. There you go. Didn't get to meet him or anything like that, but I did perform at the wedding. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Wait. Was he there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was yeah. How did you not we need some context. Well, I, we saw. I just, I just a lot of a lot of times when I do these corporate weddings, um, 
the agency just takes care of all the booking and, uh, and yeah. communication. And I literally rock up, I sing, and then I go. And it just depends on what the client is going to be like. Um, some come up and say good day and talk, you know. But no, he he he. Uh, Heard of you first, saw the cunt. <laughs> Has well, no time for the arts, <laughs> is what I hear, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Sully's wedding. I think it was. Yeah, I definitely know he was there. <laughs> was it, <laughs> he, or, was he, it a Hawthorne player? No, it, it was. Worse, it was either. If, I think it was his wedding, or he was like the MC of it, or something. But actually, I, no, I think. I think even someone worse else. Was, if it's his wedding, if it's not his wedding, because yeah. and he had time. He wasn't busy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No time for the arts. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm pretty sure it was because, and I just remember the uh, the the MC. Um, was someone else like we all know, but I can't remember his name. We'll move on now. Yep. Jesse is going to take us through a rating of your club's vibes. Mm. Now, as is the case with a lot of these clubs that you would think would have a really storied history, like your Collingwoods and such, there's fuck all to talk about at Hawthorne. Just the, look, in general, I'll say it, the vibes are off, but let's look at the song first. So everyone knows happy team at Hawthorne. Yep. I'd like you to think uh, is based on a Yankee doodle boy mm-hmm. uh, which is written in uh, 1904 for the musical little Johnny Jones. The song was adapted uh, with Hawthorne lyrics by Chick Lander in 1956. Hey, Clarky Chick Lander was my uh, <laughs> nickname back in high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> huh? Huh? Cut that, cut that. Uh, <laughs> Like, you even go into the Hawthorne website. Was it an ironic nickname? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the Hawthorne website and it's just like, yep, it's based on Yankee Doodle Dandy. And then there's like a few paragraphs about the play. Um, so the, the musical was based on. And then it was just like, yep, and Chick Lander at the lyrics. That's all there is. So nothing much to say about the songs. However, a lot to say about the Guernseys. Yeah. Um, You've had some garbage ones, but before we get into that, I'm going to open it up to everyone. What do we think of the the gold and brown stripes, the current Hawthorne basic Guernsey? What do we feel? I I have always absolutely loved the uh, the golden brown, or I'm yellow and brown. I just think it's so unique. Um, it just stands out to me. It's just different. Um, yes, it's not like uh, classically pretty, like a blue or a you know. A, but or me, <laughs> hey, Chick Lander. <laughs> Chick Lander. Thank you, Chick. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's it's yeah, stands out. It's different. I completely agree. Like, name one other club in any sport in the world that has brown and gold as their colours. It's like it's so unusual. But I sort of love it for that reason. The Hawthorne colour scheme has the energy of a beige mum Christmas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A beige mum Christmas. <laughs> Look, the- obviously, nobody in this room gets... The- so, over December, a lady got... Everybody got real mad at her on social media because she took her child's, like, Christmas tree toy and painted it all, like, muted brown and gold colours instead of, like, the bright, happy Christmas-style mm. colours. And that's the energy that I get from this. Yeah. Is they're like, oh, we had we had a jersey that, like, looked, you know, stripes, classic. Yeah. Everybody loves stripes. Yeah. Oh, but, brown, like, we don't want anything too outrageous. So, <laughs> mute See, it down. The Hawthorne jumper reminds me of, like, Ron Burgundy's kitchen. 
So a lot of the, that, that like maybe like the eighties of the like brown glass, yes. mm, like yes. brown yep. tinted glass, yeah. and a lot of orange stripes. It, it's very much that. Like, isn't a good thing. I get it. I get like the yellow and brown is, I guess, probably more of a sixties and seventies. Would I? I feel like it was probably uh, more uh, popular back then. The whole yellow and brown kind of color scheme. Um, but I don't know. Like it's. It's so easy to just love your team's colours when you, you know, you love your team. Uh, and honestly, the, the, the more it gets criticised, the more you love it, the more you sort of dig yes. your heels in. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. I, you okay, do. I will say the 2023 AFLW Pride jersey is one of the greatest pieces of art on a uniform that I've ever seen. I also, absolutely I love who, everything about it. A few of the Hawthorne Indigenous jumpers are pretty good, but I, I, I want to move on yeah. to... I was going to say last year's Indigenous one looked fucking sick. I loved it. It had the, the I, hawk like spread out across the front. It was awesome. I think it's one of the first episodes of the Falcon we did. We discussed that, and mm. that jumper slapped. Like, that yeah. was really cool. However, Hawthorne are known for having some of the most infamously bad jumpers. The yellow yep. and brown stripes are actually one of the best options to go with. <laughs> <laughs> compared to some of the ones we've had in the past. Now, I know this is an audio medium and I'm about to go on a bit of a fashion show here. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, please Google these jumpers and just weep, openly weep in the streets where you listen. <laughs> now, the white Power Ranger jumper uh, was called Retina Damaging by the Age. <laughs> it's like a metallic gold downwards V. It kind of looks like something that Justin Hawkins from The Darkness would say no to. It is so <laughs> garish. It looks like a background uh, actor in a Queen film clip. It's horrific. Holy shit. Yeah. I've just seen this for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to... I liked this jumper. Chris, you are... <laughs> I, I don't, Chris, I don't have time for you. We'll be talking about the Western Bulldogs Thor ju- um, jumper in a few weeks' time. I'll save myself for that, okay? Um. There's also a camera design. Uh, it kind of looked like the pants that somebody who would be posing hate crimes on Reddit would wear. <laughs> it was just a big hawk's hawk head over camo. Um, I guess I hope that we wouldn't see the jumper, I guess. I think I remember that. The next one, look, I'm not going to lay into this one too badly because it was supporting uh, cancer awareness. Pink and brown stripes do not work together. It, I'm pretty sure there's a Seinfeld episode where the inlay of Jerry's jacket was brown and pink stripes, and he had to reverse it at one point. Everyone thought he looked like a clown. <clears throat> it very much looks like that. Um, and then a jumper that's known as arguably the worst jumper in AFL-VFL history. Let's go. Let's go. The Blue Diamonds jumper. It was worn the 1995 preseason. It features a yellow yellow maroon diamonds across sort of the belly. Yeah. Uh, on, was... a, on, a, on a black... Uh, sorry, a dark, on a dark blue background. It had big, like... Me ma'am knitted it for me, in it? Like, it's this big English sort of wall. Oh, that one's horrible. That yeah, oh, that my God. Was that designed by a jockey? <laughs> yeah. It looked, yes. Yep. I get it. I get it. But I don't know. It's not great. Em, if you say this is good, you're in a cult. <laughs> I have this weird fondness of shit jumpers. <laughs> There's, I don't know, there's there's some kind of like stupid charm to like a shit jumper. I think you can go, it's kind of like, you know, like a daggy Christmas jumper. It can be really, really fun, but then it can go a little bit too far. I, I think. And I would say this one, and especially the white Power Ranger <clears throat> one, maybe go a little bit too far. I, I think I just, I like the stupid jumpers because I guess 
if I compare um, the AFL outfit to other sports, um, I mean, particularly like the NBA and the NFL, um, which I'm also a, a fanatic about. Um, sorry, probably more the NFL. You know, I find when you when you look at the NFL, especially that whole outfit and the way they're they're I'm, I'm going to call them bloody costumes are presented. <laughs> um, it looks incredible, and then you know you see the AFL with just like the little the little white shorts and a and a singlet, <laughs> it, and, and like the pulled up socks. It, it, I don't know. I just I I I've always thought it was kind of comical anyway. So just lean into the uh, the uh, the stupidity of the outfit. I actually agree with that sentiment. We are miles behind. Yeah, I think, but. But I, that's what the thing is. I like it. I like the kind of like, you know, backyard Aussie vibe to our to our sport. Still, you know, that it, it's not the billion dollar, zillion dollar, um, you know, business that the NFL is. And and look, you don't need a billion dollars to know that yellow and maroon dyes on a blue background. <laughs> <laughs> <isn't gonna work. laughs> but look, the jumper the jumper hasn't always been bad. It hasn't always been bad. Well, here we go. Uh, good if one. you look back, yeah, there there was a stage where they had a good one. You'll know you'll know when I get there. Um, so between 1902 and 1904, they wore a, a blue guernsey with red shoulders and red stripe down the front, um, with a blue and white hooped sock. Okay, it was there's a lot of a lot of colours going on. However, the club merged with Burundara in 1905, and that's when they changed to a red sash over a black background. Wow, what a look! What a sharp <laughs> look, okay? Bunch of handsome fellas. But of course, you know, good things can't last. The club struggled for a few years. Maybe it has something to do with the jumper. Um, and they decided that they were doing so badly that they would reform the jumper to kind of get rid of the bad vibes of it, I guess. So in uh, 1912, 1913, they wore a yellow Guernsey with a blue V. So the blue and the yellow were kind of reintroduced. However, when they joined the VFA, they had to change it because it clashed with Williamstown, who also rocked the gold and blue. Um, and at that point, they've kind of gone through every appealing combination of colors, and they were stuck to the brown and gold that we love to this day, I guess. So that's that's the jumpers. It, it, it's a mixed bag. Every list of worst AFL jumpers I've seen, there's like 15 Hawks jumpers and then like the St. Kilda one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> We, we just we can't stop winning. We even win like the worst yeah. jerseys competition. <laughs> I hate that you're right. <laughs> I hate that so much. The longer I look at the white Power Ranger, in the context that it's like a ripoff of the Power Rangers, kind of makes it cool. Yeah, get but on if it. If you Clarky. just saw, if you just saw it on its own, you'd be like, "This is absolutely." It's dog fucking shit. sick. It looks like, like a superhero. superhero. Like, okay. there's no way that it's connected intentionally. Listeners, you need some context here. Chris does like himself a little bit of glam metal. Yeah. So if you're wondering why he's defending the jumper so much, it reminds him of all his famous, ba- all of his favorite bands who were dead. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got, you know, famous supporters. And Hawks are uh, probably got the, got the worst batches I've seen. I, I, surprising. I surprising. Here. Really Whoa. big year. What everyone's favorite basketball dad, Andrew Gaze. Uh, we've yeah. got Anthony Albanese, 
and uh, former top cop Simon Overland, who was sacked in disgrace from my local council a few years ago, so badly that they shot the council down, and I think it still hasn't been reformed. So I, wow. guess, I guess corruption goes hand in hand with Hawthorne. Just, just Hawthorne, just setting you, setting you records, just always winning. It surprised me that you don't have more, like, big name, um, uh, you know, support of the Grub family. Ah, thank you, thank yep. you. Yep. Surely you can. Yeah, Jeff I would have thought that, yeah. that, that while you know we were we were up and about, that we would have you know encouraged some more celebs to just jump on the bandwagon. Hawthorne does seem like the club, the kind of club to have someone go and like shove a jersey into the hand of like Johnny <laughs> Depp. Oh yeah, and just go like, oh, take take a photo, take a photo. Goes for Hawthorne. Nah, that's always well, that's a Richmond Collingwood thing. <laughs> True. <laughs> I imagine there was a few times like celebrities. Um, we're looking at Hawthorne and be like, yeah, no, it's all, it's all right. And like on the screen, it just Hawthorne plays like bashing people and their PR person's <laughs> like, no, don't do that. <laughs> no. That's it for your, for your famous supporter. So look, I've, I'm not going to give you a vibes of score because I think you know my feelings towards it, but mm-hmm. let's work on, on the jumper for future. However, let's move on to Chris. Chris has some memorable moments for us to share. Yes. Now, gents, this is the, the part of the show where we're going to take a bit of a trip down memory lane. Uh, for both of you, I'm sure it's going to be quite an enjoyable trip as your club has experienced a lot of success, particularly in modern times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so smug. <laughs> going through a bit of a rebuild phase at the moment. It's a rebuild which I feel like is going by a lot quicker than the rest of us had hoped for. I thought we were hoping that you'd be down for a bit longer, but you you actually have a pretty good list and it really annoys me how many of your players I like. Uh, but prior to that, you were the dominant team for a long time. So we'll take a look at some memorable moments that I've picked out, starting off with a very obvious one, the three-peat. Prior to getting to the three-peat, Hawthorne won a flag in 2008, which was a premiership that, was, that most believed had come quite a bit earlier than expected. It was a bit premature. Um, you had quite a young list, and when you grabbed that flag, it kind of turned some heads and made people think this could be a team that creates a bit of a dynasty here, and boy, did you create a fucking dynasty. Mm. Uh, did take a while for that vision to come to fruition. However, from the years of 2012 to 2015, you played in four consecutive grand finals, going down to Sydney by 10 points in 2012, but winning back-to-back premierships in 2013, 14, and 15, becoming only the fourth team in league history to achieve that elusive three-peat. There's so many iconic moments to mention from that premiership era. However, I wanted to throw it out to both of you and ask if either of you have any favourite moments that stick out from that three-peat era or from those grand finals themselves. Hayden, I've got to jump in first, okay? Get in there. The best moment i ever experienced was with you hey yep um and it was not at a grand final it was the prelim where we came back and beat geelong oh that was so good that's the- I, I can get past geelong losing that's, that's <laughs> yeah, something we can all enjoy something we can all enjoy yeah. Yeah. that was that was by far that was the most uh uh intense moment i've been at the g it really really did feel like the stadium was shaking. Mm. What year was that in? That was uh, 20... Um, I want to say 15. 13. Oh, it was sorry, 13. 13, yeah. It was 2013 because we knew, like, if we beat Geelong, we like uh, we were going to beat Fremantle in the in the grand final. Yeah. Like, f- beating Geelong was, was, our, was the biggest hurdle we needed to overcome and the way we did it 
Oh, that's right. It, it broke the curse. Yeah, it broke the curse. And then we went on to win three. And it was a huge comeback in the last quarter as well. It was brilliant. Hell of a way to break the curse, just to <laughs> oh, go yeah. on and win three flags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hayden, is there anything in particular from that era that sticks out for you? Uh, I mean, I think going to the football with them, my, my, my brother was great. And, and obviously we did go to that prelim. But, I mean, you can't go past the the Sydney grand final, the one that we won, not the yes. one that we lost, obviously. Yeah. It yeah. was just such a relaxing day because we, we got oh. up early and then it was just a complete yeah. domination. It was, it was still to this day the best football I've ever seen a team play. We were just yeah. completely dominant, perfect football. Um, and, I mean, just the best sporting moment that I could ever hope for. It was just so awesome to actually see it live at the, at the G as well. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be able to take that to my grave. That, that was super fun. That was super f- I've, I've never had, like, felt so much relaxed oh, so joy good. at a game, at a grand final. It was really strange. And then also the 2008 was amazing because mm. I'd, I'd been following them, you know, all through the 2000s and – to get to 2008 and kind of, uh, you know, like it was it was a bit of a surprise that we, we mm. ended up winning. Um, Geelong had been like the ultra favourites all year, and then to just fire up and just have Jew in the in the third quarter, just go nuts, was just so so fun. We were standing kind of like right behind the Hawks cheer squad as well, so like we were like really in the thick of it it was it was awesome I, when you say we i'll just start jump in there am i was actually in in the states at that time i i, I was in florida and uh i had yeah, to get up was... at four in the morning to uh oh, to go yeah. to some pub down in fort lauderdale to watch the match but that was still a pretty interesting oh, moment no. there. You had to wake up i know, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would go without sleep with it the 08 grand final as well i think that is one of the best afl moments when crawford retired mm. at the end oh. of that game that is one of the most perfect endings to a career i, yeah. I remember like, i had a massive soft spot for shane crawford i think a lot of people did no that that's actually i i cried because of Crawford. like the, just knowing that he finally got um a premiership um that was the yeah i remember like i was so happy but when i when i thought about Crawford, like yeah that sort of that brought tears it was great i'm always shocked when champions of the game they win the grand final and they go on another year I, I just think there's something yeah, so beautiful about, about ending on top like that um, rather than, I mean, obviously not fading into obscurity, but kind of just petering out a little bit. Mm, I think yeah. what, what a way to do it. Yeah, that was, that's, yeah, it was great. It was a great story. And he, he did it all and then he did a little bit of media and then he kind of disappeared. He hasn't become like a fuckwit. It's just, <laughs> go Crawford, for yeah. the show. Yeah, good, yeah bro. Good. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, man. Good call. Looking back on that three-peat era, I looked over some of the teams that were in those grand finals and the lists, as to be expected, were pretty incredible. Some of the names to note, a midfield consisting of Hodge, Mitchell, Lewis, Isaac Smith, and as mentioned earlier, the underrated Brad Sewell. It's a hell of a midfield. Backline featuring Brian Lake, Josh Gibson, James Frawley, the man made of silk, Sean Burgoyne, Mm. Grant Birchall, Ben Stratton. And then to top it off, an insane forward line with the likes of Franklin, Roughhead, Gunston, Bruce, and Rioli. It's nuts to think that yeah. 10 years on to think that we got to witness all of those names on the one list is just crazy. Yeah. We, we were spoiled shit. Absolutely spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't you act like it. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just a mo- like we, I still just like we'll talk about it with Hayden and other Hawthorne buddies that, were, that we got to experience like Buddy and Rioli on the same team at the, you know, yeah. same time. Like just, 
it was that was incredible. Moving on to our next memorable moment, uh, you mentioned it very very briefly earlier. I wanted to talk about a specific game, round twenty two, two thousand and eight, Hawthorne versus Carlton. Now. This game is memorable for two big reasons. The first being that Buddy became one of just 28 players in history to kick 100 goals in a season during this game. It was a huge moment. He was on 98 going into the game, kicked his 100th in the second quarter. The the fans flooded the field and play was stopped. Huge moment considering especially this was the last time that we saw a player kick 100 goals in a season as well. Yeah. The second reason that this game is so memorable is that Brendan Favola was also chasing 100 goals for the season. <laughs> he went into the game on 92 goals, and I don't think anyone really thought he was a chance to kick eight. However, during the last quarter, he'd kicked seven, and everyone was starting to believe. That was until Alistair Clarkson, the absolute savage, in a moment of sheer insanity, and despite being up by about 60 points, instructed his team to flood the back line with the specific objective of not allowing Brendan Favola to kick his 100th goal. Fev finished on 92, fell agonizingly short and joining Buddy on that exclusive list. I can still remember watching this game at the time and thinking it was so cruel and yet so funny to watch. Yeah. Yes. Before the revelation of the last few years, <laughs> this is the worst thing that Alex Clarkson had done. <laughs> I specifically remember him putting uh, our you know full forward rough head. Ruffy. Back yeah, on they put Ruffy on Fev. Yeah, Ruffy was on Fev. It was amazing. Yeah. Luke, Ho- Luke Hodges. Luke Hodges since said that he was sitting on the bench in the last quarter, and apparently Clarko wasn't really kind of paying that much attention. He was focusing on the finals because they were up by about sixty or seventy, and then Clarko just randomly flooded the backline and moved Roughhead to the backline. And Hodges said that him and all of the other players on the bench looked at Clarko and said, "You can't do that. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> Even they felt bad for wow. him. Nah, I'm I'm in I'm in the Clarko camp. I, I was I loved it. Just like I like my heels, bro. It was honestly like a, a, a Herculean effort of Fev to kick, you know, the seven goals. I think he he didn't kick any in the first half either. He only no, started was, after the half time, and then happened, he went nuts. It was, I, it was incredible, but like that pissed me off. So I was like happy when Clarko started. <laughs> yeah, because I, I yeah, I just sometimes you want your uh, your uh, coaches or athletes to not think so sportsman-like and actually think like the stupid rabid fans that that you know i am and that was one moment where i'm like sweet they're actually doing this good well, i think it, we can all agree that this one moment sums up exactly yep. what we needed to know about alistair Clarkson. <laughs> yeah 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 and nothing else is surprising after that you have people on the bench being like i'll drink drive but this is a bit much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true it's true it it, it's interesting i was reading a quote um kind of as you were just saying em he did something that the fan like he thought like a fan at the time it's interesting i was reading a quote from jordan lewis earlier where he was kind of reminiscing on that era where you guys were just dominant and he said that the reason why it was like that is that the coaching staff leading into every game, whether like he said Hawthorne, you'd be coming up against the bottom team and the coaching staff would convince the players and make them believe that they were a chance to lose if they didn't rock up. And he said yeah. it was just an environment of constant, like you couldn't drop off, you couldn't enjoy the moment at any point because it was just like constant competitiveness. And I think that that moment sums it up perfectly, that you're up by 60 some- points, Fev can do something that... Only 28 other players in the history of the game have done, and Clark, I was just like, no, fuck you. 
how's Clark going to use that tactic at North Melbourne? It's like, you could lose every game. Like, we, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, the, uh, he just couldn't do it to Port Adelaide or Richmond in you know, like the last like three or four uh, rounds of, of, the, of the year. Every time, every when we had our dynasty, we'd always bloody lose to like Richmond right at the end of the season or Port. They were our two I'm, teams. I mean, you still you still won three flags in a row, so you can't complain too much. That's true. No, we can't. <laughs> we're we're going to move on to our second last memorable moment here. And for this one, we're going to take a step back, right back, all the way back to 1989, in fact. Now, we're going to start in round six, Hawthorne versus Geelong. There was a moment in that game where Geelong's Mark Yates was jumping Ooh. for the ball from a boundary throw-in. And Hawthorne superstar Dermot Brereton unfortunately caught Yates with a painful knee to the groin area. Now, it was so bad that Yates had to be stretched off, and Dermy walked alongside the stretcher and gave Mark Yates a few choice words as he was being stretched off. Wait, I've seen that footage. I didn't know that he had just kneed him in the dick. Yeah. I just thought he was just being, like, ultra-competitive. No, wow. no. <laughs> now, flash forward to the 1989 grand final later that same season. Which two teams would happen to meet in the grand final? Yeah. Hawthorne and Geelong. First time they had met since that game in round six. Now, as soon as the first bounce of the ball happened, Mark Yates made a beeline for Dermy and absolutely cleaned him up. What resulted from this is arguably one of the most storied grand final performances in VFL AFL history. Uh, Dermot Brereton was in real strife. He was writhing around on the ground in pain. The runner, the doctor, the physio all came out to him and told him to come off the ground. He got off his feet. I'm sure we've all seen the video of him screaming in pain. And then he started running. As we found out after the game, Dermy had suffered two broken ribs and a ruptured kidney. Jesus. Not only did he not come off the ground when the doctors told him to, he kicked a goal a few minutes later, one of the three he kicked in total, <laughs> played out the entire game and led the Hawks to an incredible six-point premiership win. Now, Emerson Hayden... I would imagine that both of you have gone back and watched the replay of this grand final a couple of times over the years. Yep. How has this iconic performance shaved, uh, shaped your support for the Hawthorne Football Club? Um, I think I was, we were still too young to really uh, like know um, the, like the greatness of what uh, happened in that game. Yeah. Um, you know, so like w when I got older, I knew that everyone talks about the 89 grand finals, one of the greatest and yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. And if I'm being fully honest with you, I was, I was a little disappointed because I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just like, shit, if, if, if there was like an extra two minutes in this match, John would have come back and beat us. Like, so I'm, I'm like, I was, uh, I'm like happy that we, that we won, but, um, yeah, I remember watching that and thinking, shit, you know, like they had all the momentum at the end. We, we were lucky to to come away with it. I like how you went into that watching the replay knowing that you were going to win and you were like, four, another two minutes. We've yeah, gone a different way. It's weird. But yeah, like the Dermy and all that, that was that was awesome. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy a, an easier win. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I've, I've never actually watched it. I feel like oh, uh, my, my lesson from from this this podcast episode is that I've I've got to go back and watch that eighty nine grand final now. Yeah, go yeah, watch I've it watched, because I've watched it a couple of times. Hmm. Well, Dermy, as I said earlier, he, he ends up with two broken ribs and uh, a ruptured kidney, but also uh, John Platten, I think, gets knocked out. 
Dipper broke his ribs and had another injury as well. Like Geelong were out to get Hawthorne yep. and were out to be bullies. Uh, and it was frankly amazing that Hawthorne were able to get up in that game. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, but like Gary Ablett was was nuts. As he tended to be. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking about injuries and players being out to get each other and and mm. and big brawls, we're yeah, going to move yeah. on to our last memorable moment. I'm just going to throw this one out to the floor as we've got an Essendon supporter here. We've got two Hawthorne supporters. The line in the sand game. Yeah. How how was that from from both sides of of the fence? Let's let Essendon go first. It's a bit much. Um, you know when you see a fight break out in the footy, it's like, okay, everyone, like, you know, you kind of sit up in your chair, it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? But this one just kept going. It's like, oh, wait, no, they, they're trying to kill each other. There's some <laughs> genuine rage here. <laughs> There's something about when a, when a jumper punch turns into a full-blown swing to the ground, there is some absolute chaos behind that. But I think that, look, that's where my real hatred for the Hawthorne football club began because before yeah. that, to me, Irrelevant team, nothing. Yeah. At that moment, I realized, wait, there is an evil in this, in this league, okay? yeah. and this evil's name was the Hawthorne Football Club. I, I loved it. It was it, it was fun. But M and Hayden, we we did mention this pre-show. They were going to bring it up, mm. and you said you have some new evidence. We've got new evidence. <laughs> we have, we have yeah, we have a bit of a bit extra to to add to this story. New evidence. So I, but do you just before we get to this evidence, I would just like to say I think. Look, I don't know. I used to think that, like, I have a lot of demons and they come out through my football, uh, being a football fan, um, because I enjoy brawls. I like watching them and, um, I loved the, the line in the sand brawl. I'm like, I can, I can be a real cunt as a footy fan. Like, I remember, (laughs) I remember one time we, we tackled Joel Selwood. I forget who did it, but I think like I thought we'd knocked him out, and I cheered because, um, like, you know, in in the moment you you've kind of he was an annoying player to watch, you know, and um, yeah, I I can be a real cunt as a fan, and so I uh, I like it. But then the thing is, I have so many other Hawthorne uh, fan mates because I think like you know around our area and everyone growing up the same time a lot of people jumped on the wagon so um we troll other people by putting on like the the highlights of that brawl like in other chat groups and stuff like that and i think yeah most of my other hawk mates enjoy it but so, so yeah i loved it I, lo- I know we lost the game but it was just so fun to, to see us see them go nuts and just fucking it, bit, well, a bit of did, anarchy it on did the feel grass. like a turning point and it, it sort of was a turning point for us and Hayden, do you want to explain yes. how that that turning point actually happened? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the as the story goes, uh, Demi yeah. went down to the rooms at halftime and gave them a big old spray and told them, you know, you've 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 got to do something. Come on, you, you know, let's let's yeah. get in there and start fights and stuff. But what you don't know is what happened before that. There was a meeting before. There was. So we actually oh, we were there with our dad. And we got in the elevator and we, were, we took the elevator down and, and it, it just so happened that Dermy got on the same elevator. Yeah. Wait, what? True story. Exclusive, True story. This is, story. This is Sorry, exclusive. Can, can council approach the bench? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and allegedly, as the story goes, yeah, our allegedly. dad, who was with us, 
yeah. may have said something to Demi, something to and 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 using us and our sad dejected faces, <laughs> and and sort of appealed to him that you've you've got to tell you've got to tell the the the, the players to do something. Demi, you got to tell them, and, and that is what inspired him. Have you seen him. flying doctors? Do yeah, what exactly, I did. exactly. <laughs> Belgium. So, <laughs> and look, the, the history yeah. books will never show it, but you know, yeah. we were instrumental in in yeah. inspiring the line in the stand, sand game, which yeah. of course turned yeah. the franchise around into the, uh, so the in, three in, people yeah. house that it became. In in conclusion, yeah, the grubs. <laughs> we the grubs were personally responsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm I'm tempted to believe this story because at the moment I wouldn't want to legally link myself to anything Hawthorne does. So the fact that you've done that, okay. Very proud. Very proud. <laughs> No, you can. You it can. It's, it it's true. It wouldn't be a Falcon you can, episode without someone admitting to crime. starting or inciting a crime. <laughs> totally true. You can. You can go and wiki it. It's. Uh, it's. Um, it's all facts. I wonder if we can actually get that changed on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some interesting. Just a couple of interesting points about the line in the sand. So, one of my favorite uh, lines to read about this this whole game is that uh, kind of there's like a, a description of the the melee and almost all the players on the ground were involved and then it goes on to say following the brawl Essendon kicked 14 goals to Hawthorne six to record a yeah. 74 point win so it was a turning point for someone <laughs> look um, we won the battle we did not win the war <laughs> the the other interesting thing is that uh the the rap sheet from it so 18 players faced charges at the AFL Tribunal. It was record suspensions and fines handed out. 18 players, so a record, 18 players reported on a record 26 charges. Yeah. It ended up resulting in combined total of $70,700 in fines and five players were suspended for a combination, a combined total of 16 matches, which is just crazy from one game. Is that the most? Uh, I, I would I'd imagine like to think there was the most. record. Yeah, so that's another thing we win, obviously. Yeah. I'll also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also prime. just like <laughs> one of one of those players who was suspended for four matches was Lance Pachoni. So hey, there he is, there full is. circle moment. There. Hey, yeah. Lance Pachone. <laughs> now that's it for our memorable moments. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Clarky for our final segment, the Falkenstein, or if you will. The Hawkenstein. Yeah, thanks. Mm. Good. The Hawkenstein. Oh, give them our special bird friends yeah. can have a bird <laughs> name. Now, gentlemen, if you are not familiar with this segment, listener, we build the ultimate Hawthorne player, represented by their head, which is vibes and hair, their body, representing their tackles and strength, their arms, representing marks and handball ability, legs, kicking and running. And then we add some special modifiers just to give them that little extra, a little secret sauce. Now, this segment has been notoriously loose. <laughs> and despite everything I've just said, from the past, how many teams have we done, guys? Eight weeks, at least. Yeah. Yeah. There's no fucking rules, really. Well, I mean, in the Fremantle episode, the player ended up as a dinosaur. Well, okay, in the spirit of this, <laughs> can I please just, just lead in with an idea? Because I've been looking at, I, 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 to me, the most important part of a play is the head, more so the hair, okay? The hair is your general vibe. And Hawthorne Football Club, for all of its foibles, has some of the greatest haircuts I've ever seen. So while Fremantle had a T-Rex as theirs, I would suggest that we have a Hydra. Oh, oh, okay. I, mm. Either a Hydra or... 
we use some what? other players' hair as like um, what is it called? Like the pole? Are they called pauldrons? Like the hair on the shoulder? Oh, on the shoulders. On the yeah. shoulder. We we can get like you know, um, like dip his hair on the shoulder or something like that. Are you doing this because we actually just made a guy last week? Yeah, the guy, the guy we made last week was just, just a bloke, just a fella, <laughs> just a real fella. Oh no! I'm looking at at the moment the the Hawthorne team of the century, and there is some of the best haircuts I've ever seen. I mean, look, Peter Knights looks like a Von Eric brother, but everyone else <laughs> has some golden locks. I don't know, man. Yeah, a lot I, of long hair. I mentioned him before. Like when I think of the best hair, um, uh, in like or the most memorable hair, uh, in the since I've been a Hawthorne fan, it's got to be the Rat. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, to to me, that's just when I think of iconic hair, platen. I don't know. There's something powerful about the very tight curls on long hair. Yeah. Yep. Can you have platen's hair with Dipper's mustache? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll allow it. Yep. Chris, there's no rules. Why are you asking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we? Can we also have Lee Matthews' moustache? Like, how many moustaches can you have? Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> cool I think we should have Dipper's moustache over um, Lee Matthews' moustache. <laughs> I think we attach enough hair on this person that they look like drug. <laughs> I think it's important to note as well with um, with Johnny Platten. His hair is still that good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Actually, I guess Doom. Like, there's more forehead showing than there used to be. But. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, Dermy had some some good hair too. Dermy's hair was was uh, pretty iconic as well. So it was uh, Gary Ayers has got to be up there as well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I like that the the, the modern day Hawks are sort of carrying the, the torch. Okay, Changa, John Newcomb, and Changa with the locks. Oh yeah, well, that was good too. Yeah, Will Day. He's got very nerdy looking mm. hair. <laughs> yeah, he sort of does. Brody Ryan's with a shithead of hair. Like, he's recontinuing really the tradition. <laughs> <laughs> also, just pretty out there, the Hawthorne website doesn't have a picture of Jack Gunston. Sure, they had one. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Really? That is strange. Really? Yeah. They oh, Okay. Just nothing for Jack. That's weird. They just deleted all, all memories <laughs> and footage. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. It's like like when you break up and then burn everything, <laughs> yeah. but then yeah. end up, you end up yeah. back together, yeah. and it's just really awkward. Do you still have my hoodie? Uh... <laughs> so it looks like we have multiple moustaches to pick from because we've also got Calvin Moore. Then we've yeah, got yeah Calvin Moore's got a good moustache as well, and then we've got Lee Matthews. We've got three moustaches, and then I think when it comes to hair, <laughs> you have Lee Matthews, Don Scott, John Platten, uh, Dermy Dipper. <laughs> Peter Knight felt like the Von Eric haircut. Uh, Calvin Moore and Gary Ayers. I'm cool with that. And Newcomb. Yep. Just make him completely out of hair, I think, yep. at this stage. <laughs> Get cousin it. Yeah. So how, how, how are we doing this? Is this thing no I'm, longer I'm suggesting Dipper's moustache on the upper lip. Yep. Matthew's moustache <laughs> across the chin. <laughs> and then we've got neck space, really. <laughs> some real estate on <laughs> a triple layer mustache, if you will. I mean, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm down for that. All right, pauldron boy. That's a bad idea. No, no, I'm down with that. I'm, Are you? I'm picturing it in my head, the mechanics of it all. How much flavor can that thing save? <laughs> well, it saves it. It has an opportunity to save it three times down. I, I like the idea that this player could drink dirty water and it filters. <laughs> They're, they're like a they're like a whale with its baleen. They can swim in the ocean and catch catch brine in it. 
<laughs> so I'm suggesting the triple mustache. Yeah, I like that. That's a great so idea. So Dipper, yeah. Dippers, Lee Matthews, and whoever the third guy that you guys Calvin Moore. Was was Calvin Moore. Calvin Moore. That's I it. imagine they move across the face like Rorschach's mask. These little little caterpillars <laughs> crawling about. But how, what are we doing for oh, hair? That, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> what are we What are we doing for hair? Didn't we do John Platten? We're going with Platten. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the fir- first idea kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. strongest. All right, moving on. The body, tackles and strength. I mean, in terms of tackle technique, I feel like Cyril Rioli I was, was just going to say. just amazing. Yeah. Didn't have much strength. But he was just the tackle. Just, you, the, the technique was brilliant. Look, and I'm gonna, the closing speed as well. I'm going to throw out uh, a name that I don't want to throw out because I don't like him. Campbell Brown. Uh yeah, <laughs> like was he was a bastard. Uh, he was a bastard. I think Ruffy <laughs> probably has the most memorable tackle on uh, oh, Henry in the grand final. That was that was true Goldberg spear style. Yeah, that that basically ended Hanbury's career, as far as I'm it concerned. Did. It did too. <laughs> like he's never been the same player no. since. No. Yeah, killed the respect. <laughs> <laughs> His kids couldn't look him anymore. He did the he did the space jam. He knocked the talent out. <laughs> But yeah, when you when you mentioned tackling before, like I thought, who's the best tackler I've seen? And it had to be Rioli. Yeah, I like that one. It's a good good call. I kind of like the idea of John Platten's head on a very small body. <laughs> <laughs> like his hair's touching the ground, basically. Uh, like, well, this, yeah, this, this Hawks player is going to be a, a strange looking dude. Yeah. Well, it's still human at this point. Okay, we're not we're not <laughs> dinosaur territory yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're moving on to the arms, so this is the perfect time to turn him into a little dino. Let's man. get weird. Marks and handballs. Who comes to mind, gentlemen? Well, I mean, handballs, it's got to be uh, Sammy Mitchell. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as yeah, well. Yeah, good call. Great call, though. Clarky, before, when you put that in, can you put um, pre-pneumonia Sam Mitchell? Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> as, Just so <laughs> Spell pneumonia. I can there's a P in there. You'd be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. It starts with a P. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but Mark, and, you, and, you, and know, e? you know, Marks, I don't really. Who was a good marker? Like, Dun- like oh, Dunstall. Yeah. yeah, probably. What about a, before our time, but what about a bit of a bit of an out there one? Brian Lake. Yeah, I was oh, thinking yeah. that. I was thinking. Oh, yeah, actually, Lake, Lake or, or Sicily. He's yeah, one of Norm Smith. Dominant yes. markers. Oh, yes. Yes, bro. Yes. Could we get the hands of one of each? That's a yes. great idea. That's a guess. That's the- clunking. Yep. Yeah, I like that one a lot. We're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on to the legs. I feel like there's a very obvious choice here. Kicking and running. So, I don't know if if it's the obvious one, but it's like it's got to be Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw all oh, those legs. Yeah. I mean, but Buddy's obviously the, the right call. Yeah. But I'm gonna throw out a weird one just just to to throw someone else into the ring. Um, Brent Guerra. A great field kicker. Oh, was a good Very kick. long and accurate kicker. Yeah. He, he sort of like started our trend of, of going nuts for um, really accurate kicks from the, the back half line. Yeah. Great Beautiful. field kicker and advanced hair studio. Yes. Yep. yes. Yes, that is correct. A hero for all of us. <laughs> I'd be happy with a buddy leg and a, and a, and a guerra leg then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane that... It's legs kicking and running, and neither <laughs> Dermy or one of the greatest goal kickers in history, Jason Dunstall, are in there. No, no. Fuck Stuff him. him. Yep. Well, I think for a modifier, we could have Dunstall's um, media prowess. <laughs> 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 I 
Well, actually, that's what we're up to. We're up to actually, actually up to the modifiers. Yeah, we are up yeah. to modifiers. Mm. Here we go. Yeah. Um, can I put a suggestion out there for Sicily's cuntishness? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yep. Um, yeah, the unsocial fo- unsociable football is a, is, a, is a big part of our, our culture. And we've always had a few cunts. And yeah. I think Sicily probably carries the flag at the moment. He's the type like of player that... Unsociable football makes yeah. you sound more like a power. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> Speaking is. off, I forgot that Jack Gidevan plays for Hawks now. I just scrolled through your, scrolled through your club. We're collecting cunts like Pokemon, all right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what else have we got? We can't really have the Kedit curse as a modifier, but how can we flip that? The curse is that he's there. Well, I think <laughs> I think you, you got the place should have um, Kenneth's inability to die. Um, <laughs> I don't mean like physically, but just to like fuck off out of the public eye. He yeah. can't do that. Yeah. So I, I think, like a true Frankenstein, he's immortal. Yeah. Um, good point. So I, I think this place should have Jeff Kenneth's immortality. I also I also think that in the spirit of Hawthorne Grand Finals, Dipper. Dermy, Luke Hodge. The plan is to have a broken rib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. No kidneys, broken rib. <laughs> Three beards, one that's head. A good, that's a very good call. I also think, because look, there are some lovable Hawthorne players. When you really deep dig deep, deep down, I think there should be a tiny little heart in this player. <laughs> it's the shining light of Shane Crawford. You have to mm. dig deep. You have to dig deep, but it's, it's there. It is there, and it wants to burst out, but there's all sorts of bullshit and the starships <laughs> covering it. That's beautiful. That is nice. Got to dig. How do you want me to, how do you want me to explain that? Just, um, <laughs> word, for, word for word what I just said. Like, just type it in, Cheers, buddy. Tiny heart. Tiny heart, the tiny heart of Shane Crawford. Brackets lovable. I'm just going just gonna to say this one's for, specifically for one person, for, for Tabes, if you're listening. Um, he'll he'll know um, what I'm thinking of when when you guys talk about Tiny Heart. Uh, it's it refers to a different Hawks player, but I'm not going to name names because uh, oh, you got to I don't want to put down any Hawks players. We'll beep it out. Okay, he's he's named the name. <laughs> <laughs> why, why that particular player? Don't nobody say the player's name because I'm going to beep that out. But why that player? Infamously has a P heart <laughs> on on the field. Um, shirks challenges and, and such. I didn't totally think that, but but Tebes was very, very, very uh, yeah, in, in yeah. his opinion, in his opinion. Can I make a request that whenever we beep out a person's name now, can it just be Homer saying the Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> I shit you not. When I first did the edit, and I was going to do that, I I put that in, but it actually sounded like we were saying Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> the joke doesn't work without the mug in front of the face. So I had to get the uh, without the visual element of the gag. I had to get the beep from Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> if anyone's been wondering where that wow. sound effects come from, it's from Conquer. Very good. So, Jesse, do you want to run us through our Falcons? One last thing: the player. I want the player to be Italian because of D'Ambrosio. <laughs> they have the sure. power of Italy. <laughs> I don't. Un- you know what? Okay, fine. Thank you. Um, sure. All right. So we've got our player, a relatively normal fella. Uh, the Hawkenstein. The Hawkenstein consists of John Platten's hair. Dipper's moustache on the upper lip, Lee Matthews' moustache on the chin, and Calvin Moore's on the neck. Wow, I didn't know we're getting down to the neck, but okay. Um, body. Three filters. Cyril, amazing tackles, amazing rundowns, but very small, which makes everything else... The proportions are pretty fun on this one. Arms, Sam Mitchell handballs, pre-pneumonia. I want to stress that. Sicily's left hand, and Brian Lake's right hand. For the legs, you got two of the, the best swinging pegs in the game. 
but one very, very good one, and one left field. Buddy's leg <laughs> and Brent Guerra's leg as well. And then, Clarky, if you want to click off that link so that actually loads up on my screen, there you go. For your modifiers, we have Dunstall's media prowess. He's a lot better than he should be. Sicily's unsociable football, a.k.a. cuntishness. Jeff Kennett's inability to die, his immortal presence. The barbarian rage of Dermy and Dipper's <laughs> rib break modification. Shane Crawford's tiny heart. He doesn't have a tiny heart like player mentioned before, but it's just it's, it's buried deep within a lot of Hawthorne bullshit. Very lovable. Um, also, this guy's Italian because of the Ambrosio. <laughs> This guy's Italian because Jesse wants him to be Italian. <laughs> sure am, baby. Like can we just point that out? And there's a, a whole modifier. Thing have we had, Clarky, have we had an Italian um, Falcon scene yet? No. Okay? I don't know. You've hidden all of the the rows in the Trust sheets. Trust me, so none of them have been Italian. I can't fact check you. None of them have been Italian. I swear to God, if I go back to the Esther guy and he's Italian. The T-Rex was Greek. <laughs> That's the closest we've got. Okay. <laughs> They're Mediterranean at yeah. least. <laughs> Well done. We did it, guys. Now, it comes to the most important question of the show. Hayden, Emerson, what does Hawthorne need to do to win the flag in 2024? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, to, to probably send out assassins to a few of the other best teams out there, Real, realistically. See, I, I'm, I'm still playing for more good draft picks. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not winning this year, but we, the, the the rebuild is going well, and there's a yeah. lot of positive signs. Okay, so just continuous improvement. How long all do you I'm think you're for. back in contention? Another two years. Two years. I think oh, two. I think, I think two or three. Oh, that makes me that so angry. So two or three. <laughs> I don't even think that it's two years until you're you're back in the kind of frame of things. You have a very good young list. You're also most likely about to get Bailey Smith as well. I would I would be happy with that. Adding adding him to Newcomb Day, Dylan Moore is one of my favourite players in the league. Like you, you've got an incredibly good young list. So I, I don't even think it's two years away. The the one thing I think we are kind of missing, and I know this is like not every team can have it, but like I just I think we need that fucking out and out midfield superstar. You know. You know what I mean? Like we need, I mean, Will Day has shown kind of like little small uh, signs of it, but I don't think he's big enough and dominant. Like, you know, we need the Fife, the Dusty, that the Dangerfield, you know what I mean? Like we need that with the Bont. I we think need that's our, kind of what Newcomb's becoming. You reckon? He's got a bit till he gets there, I reckon. Yeah, he's still got you a reckon? bit to get there, but I think that's kind of what he's becoming. And then, I mean, as I said, I, I think you're probably going to get Bailey Smith, which- look if. If Nuke can become that, that's sweet. But I've just I've always still thought of him as like a bit more of a he's still one of the, the like he is he's a gun. He's a gun, but I, I don't see him as that like just elite superstar. Elite, you know, superstar. And I think that's all we need. We just need one of them and then we're we're good to go. Just one superstar, please. Just one of the hardest, you know, players to find in, in the in the league. <laughs> that there's only about five of. Yeah. I said I was like a <laughs> just one of them. I said I was like a cunt uh, fan. Yeah. I'm also like a really stupid fan as well and just always <laughs> always just get a superstar. Just get a superstar. Just do it. Just yeah. offer Clayton Oliver every, like a million dollars. Oh, wow. Well you know what? You know what? That's the kind of player we need. <laughs> That's all you need. So if you guys want to win the flag, in the next two years, you, all you need is Clayton Oliver. And the, the redemption arc. Yeah. yeah. 
To be fair, he'll probably be available. Mm. Mm. No comment. No. <laughs> <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. So, Hayden, um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. And, and honestly, you said you were going to, you know, go hard on the Hawks. That was that was all right. We've experienced much worse. So thanks for being so polite. I basically, I said cunt as many times in the episode. To be <laughs> I think it were, I think if there was a tally, Jesse's would be a lot higher. Mm. Uh, I'm just internalizing, like I always do. <laughs> no, thank Thank you for having us. We love to talk now, Hawks. Anytime. This is this is your Hawks. time. If you guys have anything that you need to plug, if you have any socials you want to plug, this is this is your space. Nah. No. 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 No, good, no. easy. Don't just, look for them. Don't just, find them. No, yeah, and yeah, don't don't message me on any platforms. Just go don't look for them. Just go Hawks. Go watch Flying yeah. Doctors if you want exactly. to. Exactly. Yes. Go go find Flying Doctors. Still apparently very popular in in the Netherlands or something yeah, like that. The Dutch love it. Get it back up the Netflix like top ten in Australia. <laughs> I do. I do just have to say as a background on that with with us talking about your dad. Uh, so. Hayden Emerson's dad uh, is in one of our Supercoach chats. One of our many Supercoach chats our many, that we have. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Uh, he's He also joins in on our NFL league every year as well. Yep. One of my favorite moments in any of those leagues <laughs> was him trying to figure out how to use the sleeper <laughs> app. Oh, my God. And just that losing notable. his mind in the group chat <laughs> and going so- on the biggest rant <laughs> ever. It. it was so <laughs> funny. I thought it was a joke at first, and then it, it rapidly became clear that it wasn't a yeah, joke. He, he was so genuinely angry. He furious. So angry. He's, he's usually such a polite, nice person, oh, and yeah. he was just losing it in the group chat. It was the funniest thing ever. Yep. He's yeah. not the most tech savvy. No, I think he's we not. can all agree on that. No, he can get very flustered with um, mm. the, the technical stuff. And that you, you guys all got to see it on the chat. <laughs> <laughs> It was hilarious. So you can find Falcon Footy at Falcon Footy Pod on Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow us. You should also head over to Spotify and give us a rating. If you listen to this show, you owe us. Rate us five stars. <laughs> it's our line in the sand moment. This is it. Get it done. But you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast is. Please, the rating helps us a lot with engagement and exposure. We're doing our best so we can be better. So please head over, give us five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We might read it out. I don't know. (laughs) Say something. Say something funny. I'll read it. (laughs) You can also find us individually. Chris is at Lowry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. And I'm at Quantum JC. Now, we're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can check out our sister shows, Love Letters, hosted by Jesse. Yeah, we'll be back soon, but there's old episodes you can listen to. <laughs> or you can check out Dialogue Options, a real boy video game podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bounce the footy. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>